By the way, I want to make sure I introduce this podcast unlike last time. Uh, welcome to episode 16 of Just Another Knicks Fan, you know, hosted by your host. Uh, interesting week. You know, I'm back off hiatus. Uh, just wanted to make sure, I guess, you know, the media and, and Jamon Green himself, you know, emptied the whole clip. So... After this episode, I'll make sure that I won't talk about him again until basketball has resumed because I just feel like they're going to run with this shit to the ground. And like I said, I won't talk about it until basketball's resumed or unless he does something amazing or does something actually impactful. After he said what he said on, I forgot where it was. He got interviewed on the All the Smoke show, which includes Matt Barnes and Steve Jack. And I was actually disappointed in them too because they mentioned that they always keep it real. And to be real, I don't think they did. You know, they basically agreed with everything he said. And after that, I ain't feel like. Checking out the show anymore. No, I'm gonna let that show. Mar- I'm gonna let that episode marinate. Uh, I knew Draymond was gonna be on his bully, and I was waiting for that part where he would get checked and 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 not on some gangster shit, but like on some man to man, bro to bro shit. Like, nah, bro, you wildin'. You know, I'm tired of hearing the fans don't understand this or that. Like, yo, the fans are not dumb. You need to understand. You don't need to be. A basketball genius to know that Draymond Green is just talking out of his ass. And just when you thought he said he ain't saying enough, he said that uh, he helped change the game of basketball. So I was really glad that I watched the whole episode because my laptop probably would have broke. And then um, he got on that KD talk again about how they would have won all that shit. They would have won and all that if he didn't get hurt. And I'm thinking, like, damn, how many teams did y'all play injured against? And how about you attest to that? Um, you were still on the court, right, while, while the finals was going on? How much of an impact did you have, bro? Yeah, not much, because obviously you guys didn't win. And, you know, ain't nobody said, like, damn, yo, if it wasn't for Draymond Green, yo, he really went hard, man. He, bro, you was a non-factor, bro. You was like Virgil and like fucking Kendrick Perkins and shit, bro. No disrespect, but like you wasn't doing much, bro. You was on your four point seven fouls type shit. Made a couple three pointers and got hype. Shut up, bro. Shut up. You know, you was on the court, bro. You ain't you wasn't the difference on the court, bro. It was Curry and Clay. And I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but I don't know how long it's going to last, but it is what it is. No long story short, some obvious shit that I'm saying, this is no rocket science. And I must leave this shit alone. Like I said, he seemed like a, a cool dude to, to hang out with, but all this other shit he be doing makes him not cool. And, and an inside story that I'll talk to you guys about is I met a couple dudes that work for Bleacher Report. And whatnot. I'm gonna keep their names anonymous because just out of respect for them. Like they're also cool dudes and they're just trying to make their money and all that shit. But 
I was talking about how they go about things. I was asking them, like, how you guys, you know, decide what to talk about, what not to, and all that stuff. And and it just mentioned that they mostly, they mostly do it based on analytics and all that shit. Like, what's more popping on, on the web and all that. And I realized that's why we keep seeing uh, Draymond name. And um, I met them a few, few, a few um, months ago, and they were saying that's why they post LeBron a lot is because people either like or hate him, and it's gonna generate traffic regardless. Because if you like him, you're gonna say something. If you don't like him, you're gonna say something. But yo, you, you trying to tell me? Draymond is in the same class as LeBron. Like I said, I'm keep these dudes' name anonymous, and it's all about clickbait. Because uh, you know, if you go to the BR thing right now, Bleacher Report, all you're gonna see is a whole bunch of Draymond footage, man, comparing him to like Ben Wallace and other actual Hall of Fame players. So I can't be mad at Draymond, but I actually could be because he's feeding into this shit. And I think at some point when you start believing your own lies, you forget that it's a lie. But that's like the Bleacher Report breakdown. Even yesterday, and I scrolled through my Explore page, and it was like, who to get this rebound? Draymond, Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, KG. You know, players that actually impact the game is who they're mentioning. And that's when I know, like, right, they're taking this analytic shit too far. Like, what's up with having some sort of judgment? And it made me realize that's why Draymond don't like Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley is the only one to call call Draymond Green out on his bullshit. I mean, ESPN didn't want to do it. Uh, Bleacher Report didn't want to do it. Uninterrupted was on his dick. I hate to say it, but so was all the smoke heads. All the smoke like heads. When I mean all the smoke heads, I mean it was Matt Barnes and Steve Jack. Talk about talk your side, about to talk your side of the story or whatever. But like I said, it's cool, man. Enough of that shit. I'm going to leave him alone. No. Back to more important shit. No. Uh, the fucking Doc came out, episodes three and four. You know, so far, I have not been disappointed. You know, I really get glued to the TV and like I feel like a kid and shit. But even though my bros, they sent me the links for episodes one through eight. I still had to watch the episodes every Sunday and watch at the same time as everybody else. You know, these episodes, I think they went well. I like the fact that they showed a side of Phil Jackson that the most, most the world hasn't seen of him. Uh, like, he won rings with the Knicks back in the 70s, and we still haven't won since. He won with the Lakers and the Bulls, obviously. You know, his time with the Knicks was pretty trash as GM. Outside of everything he wanted to do with KP. And I thought KP was a great pick. And when he wanted to trade KP for Devin Booker and the Suns' first-round draft pick, I thought that was a great idea. Uh, the reason I thought that was because KP seemed like he couldn't play more than 60 games and he was better off as being the second-best player instead of the best player because I didn't feel like he had the stamina to be the best player of a team. And... You know, it felt like KP wanted to embrace it in the beginning. When he came to New York, it didn't feel like he wanted that same role afterwards. So I actually commend on how Phil Jackson was approaching that whole KP situation. But other than that, 
GM skills, GM skills is trash, but I like how they show Phil Jackson and how he got along with Rodman and how they connected on the Native American stuff and, and the Native American culture and how that brought a bond between them and how Phil, Phil did the best to understand his players to get the best out of them. You know, if you really think about it, you know, Derek Fisher has no reason to be in the league for as long as he was. Or even like Brian Shaw, Devin George. He got the most out of Steve Kern, John Paxson. You know, he maximized their role players. If you look at outside of like the main three players, they're pretty high. Like there wasn't nothing crazy about him. And I think that's how Steve Kerr learned how to maximize Sean Livingston and and players like that. You know, from learning from being with Phil Jackson and you know, people say Greg Popovich is better than Phil Jackson, and that's cool. I respect your opinion if you think that's the case. I think Phil Jackson is better. And, and my opinion is not to say my word is born. It's just my opinion. And if you think Greg Popovich is better, I respect that too. Uh, my only difference, only reason I, I, I would take Phil Jackson over Greg Popovich is because we got a first-hand look at how hard it is to manage all these players and their egos I mean, all the things they want and put it all into one goal. You know, Phil Jackson was able to do that, you know, with Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman to make sure somehow they all remain on the same page to, to achieve one common goal. And even with Kobe and Shaq, when, when Shaq came back and, you know, Kobe mentioned that he was about to have his 10 straight 40-point game and, and, and how Phil Jackson had called Kobe into the office telling him that, you know, if you don't feed Shaq the Rock, we're going to lose him. And we need him during the playoffs. And, and Kobe understood that. Phil Jack understood that. And Kobe made a sacrifice, and Phil kept it a stack. And guess what? Championships were created after that. So, you know, Phil, Phil Jack had a unique way of handling these elite players and making sure they're all on the same page because how many great teams with elite players have we seen that never won a championship? You know, we never look at it that way. But it was good that they showed that side of Phil. And they even showed the fact that he liked doing LSD and he was a hippie. That stuff was cool to, like, show the other side of Phil. Like, we always know about this whole Zen master shit and him just being, like, a coach. And people forget that he was also a kid at one time. And, and he also did regular shit, too. So, and other than that, we know him from being a Lakers coach, a Bulls coach. And dating Jeannie Buss and saying that, you know, Kobe's uncoachable and then eventually they got back together and made shit happen. That was pretty cool. You know, people were exposed to this other side of Phil Jackson, which was, I think was good for the world to see. And, you know, back to Dennis Rodman, I also thought it was good to let the world know his side of the story, but I was definitely yearning for more. You know, I know there's more to the Robman's story of what had happened that night with the gun and stuff. But at least the people are aware of it now. You know, I was just amazed at how certain fines were only $20. I mean, technical fouls now were like $500 fines. I know it's not much to NBA players, but it just shows two things. Inflation, and more importantly, how much more money, how much more money the NBA is making now. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the 90s Bulls. But 
The Nine Bulls was able to do that because of the A's, Celtics, and Lakers rivalry and shit. And that became was able to become popping because of Bill Russell versus Wilt Chamberlain in the 60s. You know, in the 70s, was actually out of parity, like I said before. The Knicks won, the Wizards won, the Blazers won. And all the teams that haven't won a chip in years outside of the Pistons, Lakers, and Celtics, and the Heat, their last championship, either they haven't won at all, or was won in the 70s, which is very, like, damn, years and years ago. But something that I didn't know, that I actually learned new myself, was how the Celtics didn't shake the Pistons' hands like the Pistons didn't shake the Bulls' hands. And the Celtics didn't get the same heat. But I hope they do because, and oh, I don't care that fact that it was 33 years ago. I'm not the biggest fan of the Celtics like I mentioned before. But there's something that I do know. that I do know, And I was told as a little kid that the world is not fair and that everything is seen. But it's never too late to, to call the Celtics out on that bullshit. Like, you know, with all these old cases and stuff popping up from the 70s and 80s and 90s. You know, why not? Let's call them out on it, man. And to be honest, those 89 and 90s Pistons, pretty underrated. But I have an interesting story behind them as well because I never looked at it as how they broke it down in the documentary. I didn't look at it as they had to beat the Bulls, Celtics, and the Lakers. That's a tough road to get to the chip. You know, we forget that they actually earned their championships, and and we often we often take that away from them because they weren't the NBA sweethearts. They weren't the NBA darlings. You know, in the nineties, if it wasn't the the Lakers, I mean, if it wasn't the the Bulls, a lot of teams played the Bulls. Like how the Pistons would play the Bulls in the late eighties and early nineties. The Knicks. Celtics, Heat, Hornets, you know, it was, it was all a physical game. And the Pistons were a big part of that. And it's a shame that once the media doesn't like you and you have a certain image, you know, it is what it is after that. But another thing that they mentioned was how like Jordan was hanging out with Danny Ainge the, against the Celtics in the playoffs. And then Isaiah Thomas mentioned how that he would be in the meetings of the Celtics locker room and the Lakers locker room during the playoffs, just taking notes and peeping how shit will go down. And yes, I was one of the people that would get upset when the announcers would tell me like, yo, Melo's hanging out with Chris Bosh and he invited Dwayne Wade over for dinner the night before the game. Yeah, I ain't got no problem with that. That's cool. I got a problem when the Knicks lost 121-84. The game's over, and now Melo's smiling, and he's hugging Chris Bosh and D-Wade. Yeah, I feel the type of way. Like, yo, you invited the duo over for dinner, drank wine with them, and now you're going to lose by 37 and hug it up? Like, nah, I don't want to see that shit, bro. Like, yo, at least, at least it'd be a close game. Look upset a little bit. Look upset. Look pissed off. Like, damn, bro, I invited you over for dinner and wine and shit, and you gonna bust my ass by 40? Said you gonna laugh about it? Like, yeah, I was aware. I'm a real Chamberlain fan. I was aware that he would hang out with Bill. And, you know, we didn't know much about the 80s, because, you know, 
we don't have the access we do now as we did before. So it's easy to find out all this information. But yes, I know this thing has always been happening, but it's just, it's just, if it's not a close game and you get fucking demolished, I don't want to see all that hugging shit on the court. I didn't take three and a half hours of my life to get your ass busted and you, for you to laugh about it. Like, nah, I ain't with that. That ain't cool, bro. That's just me being a fan right there. And there's people that are much more invested than me as a fan. And you know, if it wasn't for the fans, you know, a lot of this money wouldn't be generated. So, you know, when players talk about the fans, it's the fans that, you know, you guys got to take the good with the bad, bro. Because this world is not fair. The world is not perfect. But I want to hear more honest stories. Out of all, all the players, most of the players that have any stories right now, all I hear about is it's, it seems too one-sided. But I'll get to that to another point. I'm going to see more of my evidence add up. And then I'll make my case then. But for now... You know, I'm, I'm going to resume on my own podcast or my own topics and discussions. And hopefully I'm wrong. I don't want to be right about how the players just think it's okay to bash fans or whatever. But, you know, back to back to what I was talking about earlier. You know, I was talking about Dennis Rodman. And, and I, I like the fact that he felt the need to take action and go to Vegas. And that's where the NBA will, will most likely resume once the season is is back on and popping. You know, he showed a lot of human characteristics. You know, there's been a lot of times where I've been at work and there's no other explanation for the simple fact that I don't want to be here. Or with my family and I love him and all, but I just don't want to be here. You know, you know, if, if I was promised two days and I took a two-week vacation, I think that's pretty impressive. And I would feel important if someone, like, is finding me on some hangover shit. Like, yo, where he at? He's got to get him. Like, maybe what if that was the original hangover plan? Was was Jordan looking for Rodman? You know, not, and the hangover was looking for the dude in Vegas, too. So, what if that was the original plot? I doubt it, but sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of times where I feel like I need to just escape and get away get away from shit. So I, I respect Dennis Rodman's stance on that, and I respect the fact that when he came back, it was on and popping again. And I think at this moment in time right now, we all sort of feel like Rodman because we need to escape and, and get away from this whole quarantine shit. You know, during this time... If there's like two jerseys that I will cop right now, it's probably Dennis Rodman and Marcus Canby. You know, I was watching the 99 Knicks run and on MSG, they were showing all those games of when they beat the Heat, the Hawks, and the Pacers, and the one game they beat the Spurs. They almost cried. Like, just watching them play with all that effort and passion, even though like they would not score for four minutes. Like, you would get upset that they didn't score for four minutes, but you see how hard the motherfuckers is trying. So, you're like, all right, cool, man. They, they still laying it all on the line. Like, even though they, only, they ain't scoring four minutes, they only allowed four points in four minutes, so it's still not that bad. McGeard against was hella ugly, but 
it looked like a big ass brawl happening, and and you sort of like that shit, you know, because when you look at Marcus Camby, Dennis Rodman, at least Marcus Camby, nineteen ninety nine, it should be a song about Marcus Camby, about the nineteen ninety nine Marcus Camby, Dennis Rodman, players like that, you know, the fans relate to them because sometimes it feels like the fans wanted more than the players. But players like Camby and Rodman let you know, like, yo, we want it just as bad as you fans want it. And, and I think that's a big reason why I would cop a Dennis Rodman and Marcus Camby jersey because they, they, let, they let us know they want it just as bad as we do. Whether they're good enough or not, that's another discussion, but the effort was undeniable. And, you know, looking at the 99 Knicks, when I wish Larry Johnson didn't get hurt against the Pacers. I feel like that Spurs Knicks series probably would have won seven games, and I'm saying that because we lost in five. Yes, we did, but we lost game five on a last second shot. Knicks could have won that game, and it could have been three two. Like I said, I don't know if we win that series because the Spurs had David Robinson and Tim Duncan. But I think with Larry Johnson, you got another added boost, another offensive weapon. And the role that he was on in the playoffs, we put, we could have won three games and probably lost in game seven. But I think it definitely would have been more of a series if we had Larry Johnson had him. He got hurt game six. You know, it's sad. It's been 21 years since the Knicks went to the finals. But there is a great chance that they will be playing in June this year. You know, after 21 years, they'll be playing in June. But unfortunately, it won't be the NBA Finals. But yeah, I like those players like that, like Ben Wallace. But let you know, like, yo, we, we want it just as bad as you guys do. Because it's frustrating as a fan when you realize that, for whatever reason, it feels like you want to win more than the players do. It should never be that way. But at times, it is. And like I said, I, I just missed that NBA. I'm hoping they're coming back soon. We get shit cracking and see what happens. Because, you know, when I think about it, this is the first time in a long time where the championship is really up for grabs. Like, I know the Lakers got the best record. I know the Bucks got the best record. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, a lot of teams were peaking. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. Celtics were coming in the form. Tatum looking like a badass. Like I said, I don't know if I said the Rockets. They was peaking. They're looking unbeatable. There's a nice winning streak until the Knicks beat them. That was interesting. And I was pleased to see that live and in person. Amazing vibes. You know, a lot of times a team with the best record don't win a championship. You know, a lot of Laker fans, Bucks fans. Like, yo, it should be the Bucks versus the Lakers in the finals, but yo, the Warriors won 73 games and they win the chip. A few times the Knicks had the best record in the 90s and they win the chip, so. But if someone said, yo, pick between the Lakers and the Bucks, I'm gonna go with the Lakers because Giannis hasn't showed me nothing in the playoffs. Like, you know, he blew the 2 lead last year, but he showed me that he could be stopped. 
And with LeBron, I've seen him succeed in the situation plenty of times. I'm not here to talk about failures. If it's about if it's Lakers Bucks, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. But if someone told me to pick between AD and Giannis, that's a tough one. I don't know who to pick. But I'll probably pick AD. Just because of his offensive arsenal. I like his offensive game better. And I think he could impact the game on the defensive side just as much. So if I had to pick between AD and Giannis, I'd probably go with Anthony Davis. I like his game better. And I know AD is hurt a lot, but you never know. Maybe if AD wasn't stuck in the West, we don't know how he would fare with a team in the East Coast. Like, if he was on the Pacers or if he was on the Hornets. Probably could have made those teams better too, make the playoffs. So, you know, uh, AD, Giannis had the luxury of being on the Bucks. Not having that pressure to be a great player and just develop along the way. You know, AD came into the league, expected to be great. And he has been when he's healthy. So if it was the Lakers without LeBron against the Greek Freak, I'd probably go with the Bucks because I feel like they got a deep roster. But for some reason, if I just pick between AD and Giannis, I'll pick AD. And the funny thing now with the new players now, not the new players, but the way the media reports shit is like, yo, like when Tom Brady ended up on the Buccaneers, the whole season was talking about what team he will go to. Not only because of like this whole rift he has with Bill Belichick, but mostly because his house, he sold his houses in Connecticut. It's like, yo, Brady's house is on sale in Connecticut. He's probably not coming back. And then recently, my boy told me, obviously he heard it from some sort of media online outlet. Like, yo, I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, 80 house in LA is on sale, bro. And I was like, wow. Like, I don't know what to say to that shit. And then you look at what the Tom Brady situation, like I said, he left the Patriots. He's a Lakers fan, so he's worried that AD might leave the Lakers. And before, I always thought that stuff was crazy. Like, that's crazy, yo, just because he sold his house or whatever. But now it makes sense after the Tom Brady shit. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time selling his house and dipping. After being with a team for like 15, 16 years, it wouldn't have surprised me to announce your departure. Like, that shit crazy. And I wonder who the hell be leaking that kind of information because that's some real pertinent information. Like, if my house was on sale, if my boy's house was on sale, the whole world's not gonna know, like, yo, this person's selling a crib. I know these people really putting a lot on the line, but. That shit crazy. Of all the trades that were made this year, if you think about it, for the season to go down like this, like, the Rockets gave up four first-round draft picks to OKC. I mean, the Clippers gave, like, five first-round draft picks to OKC. The Lakers gave up their whole young core. The Knicks gave up Marcus Morris for, like, 
free, basically. We got like a couple first round draft picks from the Clippers and Mohawkless, a Queens native. Shout out to Mohawkless, Queens to get the money. But if the season get canceled, a lot of these trades turn out to be pointless and shit. It's just crazy. Therefore, that's why I want the season to continue because I'm going to feel bad for all these teams that made all these trades to try to win a championship and shit. And that's funny, though, me feeling bad as a Knicks fan for all these other teams trying to win a championship. Like, that's funny that I still have empathy and sympathy for all these other teams, even though people continue to climb my team and all that shit, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, that shit build, that shit build character. And my prediction for the NBA to resume is June 22nd. I don't know why, but that's just the vibe I get. And... This is the first time I'll be watching the NBA in July and August. And I'm looking forward to it. I never had a summer with the NBA filled up, filling up my schedule like that. So I'm excited. I really don't know who's going to win now. Like, if we thought we had a definitive advancement before, like, oh, LA definitely taking it. Or the Bucks definitely taking it. We don't know shit, dog. We don't. Celtics, Tatum heating up. Westbrook making sound basketball decisions. It's good to see Curry back. But yeah, just gotta wait on the rest of the news, man. See what happens. I was hyped because RJ Barrett was showing a lot of development. He was finding his comfort zone. He knew when to pick his spots and shit. You know, he's had a great start to the season. Got a little slump here and there, which is cool. He's a rookie. And I feel like he was finding his way. And all of a sudden, boom. Chill with all that. Like, your RJ progressing, the next traffic progressing, chill, chill, chill. And, you know, like I said, hopefully the NBA presumes. Vince Carter got to play some more games before he retire. He gets his proper farewell. And, uh, you know, that's all I have for this week, guys. Episode 16, positive vibes only. And let's get this shit cracking. Hopefully the world restores order soon. And your boy is out. Yo, I was just about to end this podcast. And now Shaq said that Curry was the George George. Shaq in the pick and roll, bro. Like, this dude really don't stop, man. This shit really annoying. Like, I thought I was done talking about him, but this dude just... Desperate for attention at this point is very obvious. You know, he's talking about Curry would destroy fucking Shaq in a pick and roll, but you forgetting the fact that Shaq would file your ass out, bro, by the third quarter. So what impact you're going to have once you file out by the third quarter? Like, at this point, you know, like I said, it's, guess who shared the ship, Bleacher Report? Guess who Bleacher Report is also in conjunction with Uninterrupted? This is like some big... Fucking Illuminati shit, you know, like this conspiracy, like one media company owns all the media companies. I guess it's the same shit in sports, y'all. Because they're all under one umbrella, like with this whole digital sports news shit. And now you got Draymond doing all this dumb shit and motherfuckers is co-signing it, of course, because, you know, you got the younger generation grow up being Draymond Green and Warriors fans. Not Draymond Green fans, pardon me. 
Warriors fans and said Jim Green's in the Warriors, they're gonna suck Jim Green dick too. And shout out to Charles Barkley for fucking confronting all this fuckery. You know, people wanna hit on Charles Barkley for keeping it real. But it's just ridiculous. Like Tomoka's cousin's voice. This is getting ridiculous. Like all this shit. He's talking and and Bleacher Report keep reporting it, which is crazy. Like I said earlier, they're going based on analytics and not going based off judgment. They're just saying, well, Draymond Green's a hot top. Let's keep posting him. Let's keep hearing his hot takes, which no one really want to hear, obviously. So I could go on, but now I'm, I'm definitely out for sure. Like I'm done addressing this dude. He just, every single time I go on a podcast hiatus, he going to say some dumb shit. I literally just ended a podcast. And then I see him say, like, yo, Curry will bust Shaq's ass. But why don't you say that how Shaq will bust your ass? Or how Charles Barkley will bust your ass? Or how Bennis, Bennis, how Ben Wallace would have you on Smash, bro. How Dennis Rodman would have you ejected by halftime because he would get in your head like that. You're not for this dream on green shit, man. Hopefully the NBA come back. And we see it for what it is, man. A trophy up for grabs. It hasn't felt like this. I don't know the last time I felt like the trophy was legitimately up for grabs like this. Like, this shit really felt like it's up for grabs. Maybe 2009. Maybe 2009, but... 2011, I guess, when the Mavs beat them. But this shit legit felt like it's up for grabs because so many teams are good. And peaking at the right time when the season just happened to be postponed. But let's focus on the other... 400 basketball players that are better than Draymond Green, man. And this time, I'm out for real. Peace and love, y'all. Episode 16, your boy Cap Jack. Just another Knicks fan. Knicks tape. Knicks gang. All that shit.